Hi, uh, live stream. And those of you who will be watching later, and those who will be listening on a podcast somewhere in the future, because the future and the past and the present, it's all one thing with God. And He has times set up just for each one of us. And look at your neighbor and say, Today's my time. Look at your neighbor and say, Today's my time. Mine too. Mine too. Mine too. Today is my time. Today is your time. Would you join me? Would you join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, wherever we allow your Lordship to reign, there is emancipation beyond our imagination. You have the power to open our eyes to see Jesus in the church. You are the one that waits on us to believe. There are people in this room today and watching who have already come by faith into the introduction of the grace of God. Some are at ankle deep in the grace of God, some knee, some waist. May we all be led into the river of which you have complete control. Lord, I pray that I would stay on course and I would not take the temptation to get on the flesh horse every time I preach and ride it. I pray that we'd have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit wants to say and show us. We just take your authority in Jesus' name and speak that in this place, God reigns and no one else. Jesus is king, and may the crown of his glory rest on all of us now, on speaker and on listener alike, now and whatever chronos time you've created for others to hear. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. amen. Real church, I'm going to continue to talk to you today on this thought that's beyond my understanding, it's blowing my mind, talking about setting the heavens in earthly places. I'm going to keep talking about that today. For those of you who are here for the first time or you're watching for the first time, we're in a series from the book of Ephesians, and I'm working on trying to say Ephesians instead of my homegrown Appalachian vernacular Ephesians, Ephesians. And, uh, and, and this is a series called Real Church, Real Church. Uh, my first message, I, I, I tried to get a little bit real about church, being in the church and in ministry for a few years. And I'm going to throw another one at you in, in weeks, in somewhere down the line in weeks to come because I, I didn't run out of things to say, I just ran out of time in that first message. We're talking about the spiritual riches of Christ being real to us that we are really blessed and really rich in Christ. And so that's where we started. Our focus to start is on the importance of being seated where he wants us to be seated, and that is in heavenly places in, with, connected to Jesus Christ, blessed. Because God wants to meet us there. He wants to meet us here. How many of you already felt like the Lord's been meeting us here this morning? Wow, man. I was holding my grandson when my son was leading today, and, and he looked at me and said, Daddy, you're doing a good job. I said, he, I said, yeah, that's why all those guitar lessons we paid for are paying off, man, <laughs> way back in the day. Why are we to find our seat in his table? Because he wants us to experience more and more of the grace of God and release more and more of the grace of God. And when you say the grace of God, you're talking about the love of God, the spirit of God, the, the power of God. 
Why Ephesians? Because in Ephesians, we find out real quickly that God really wants his church to grow. And he really wants his church to know how to grow. We grow in the grace of God. And the reason that it's important that we grow in the grace of God is because he wants us to be a strong witness. He wants us to reveal his heart, the heart of Jesus, to the world and to one another. And that's the fruit of the Spirit. But he also wants us to release the hand of Jesus. That's the power of Jesus. The heart of Jesus is the fruit. The hand is his power. So we have to find our seat, which means we have to live closely intimate with him and with one another and realize that, yes, we are seated with Christ, but we're also, if we're in Christ, seated with one another. Not just here, but in heavenly places. And we're going to talk about that. And the Lord wants us to grow up in all of the aspects of what the church really is. The church is really Jesus' body on the earth. The church is really the family of God on the earth. The people in Christ are really my brothers and really my sisters. And God wants us to be brothers and sisters, really. And he wants spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers to mentor and raise up another generation of sons and daughters, I, was, I wanted to ask, I wanted to interrupt and come up and ask for everybody over 25 to sit down and see how many were standing. Can't do it now because there's a lot of empty spaces to show you how many young people and younger people the Lord is blessing us to have in our church family. God raised them up, amen? We are to be temples, living expressions, mobile everywhere. The metaphors are real. Temples, flock, which means God has given us the ability to hear his voice, and he wants to feed us through the living voice, and he wants to lead us to paths of righteousness which he's ordained before we were ever born for his namesake, predestined for his glory, every person. That's what a sheep does. And not only that, but he also wants us to be his bride, Hopelessly devoted, that's what Olivia sang, right? To you, John Travolta. But we're to be hopefully, hopefully devoted. And be such, such a devoted a, a follower that loves Jesus that the world sees something they're missing and they want in on it. They want an invitation to his wedding too. That's what we're here to do. But not only that, but to be his army. To really fight the true enemy, the spiritual dark forces that are animating people in the world system, and we're to fight the spiritual dark forces as his enemy. That's why it's so important that we see ourselves so we can be ourselves. So I set all that up to, to, to step back into this beyond our mind's ability to grasp, but not our ability to be. This thought of setting heaven in earthly places. And so I want to take you to some passages in the Word of God again, most of them from Ephesians, and let's just go there. Now, we have the YouVersion Bible app, so the verses are in there for you, notes and stuff, so you can get into that. Someone wrote me and said, Pastor Tim, last week's message was great. It blew my mind. It was too deep. I need to listen to it again. And I thought, just once? I need to listen to it 50 times. I am walking in something right now that's beyond me, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you anyway. So this sermon, which is probably really a book, um, I'm going to try to 
do what I do. I, I write books and try to preach them all each week. Um, wh- why can we sit in heavenly places? Number one, because we are in Christ already seated there. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians 2. Ready? But God, being rich in mercy, thank you, Lord, because of his great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Past tense. That's where we are. Why can we set heaven in earthly places? Because we're seated with him in in heavenly places. Secondly, we are in Christ's purpose in the earth right now. Christ has a purpose, and we are in him and therefore in it, seated with him. Look what the scripture says in Ephesians 3. You want to know what God's purpose is? Here it is. God's purpose... Isn't it cool how the Bible answers our questions? What's the purpose of God? Here it is. God's purpose in all this, in all this, was to use the church. Stay, just, just go slowly with me. God's purpose was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to, notice this, the people on earth. No, look at this. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Ready? To display his wisdom to all the unseen rulers and authorities where? In the heavenly places. Who who is to do this? We are. What does that mean? We are to display something about how wise God is to the demonic powers in heavenly places and to the angelic army And they're on our side, baby, in heavenly places. Does that scripture blow your mind? I don't even really know what that means, but I want to know what that means more and more. And then he says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come how to God? And? Come on, I'll try it over here. How can we? And? Yeah. Now, can we do that now? Even if you argued with your kid on the way to church, can you? Or does he go, not now? (laughs) Not now. I measure my ability to communicate with you on the attitude you have with your kids. Uh, There's a lot of other things we... Anyway, oh gosh. Anyway, aren't you glad for that? (laughs) Baby. We can come boldly in confidence into God's presence. Now, I know, like you, right away, that means something to you that is probably true. I want you to expand your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, expand your mind. Look at your neighbor and say, go way out there. And look at others and say, you're too far out there. Come on back in. You, anyway. Yes, we have confidence so we can have communion with the Lord. Absolutely. Yes, to come to our Father and, have our, and ask him to meet our needs. Absolutely. Jesus said to ask all the time on that. Yes, to pray for other people. Amen. Yes, to confess our sins and get forgiveness. Aren't you thankful for that? To go before the throne of grace to find grace and mercy to help? 
That's, yes, confidence and boldness. And to, and to worship. Aren't you glad? When we worship, he doesn't say, ah, oh, you're flat. No, he accepts our worship, right? But that is not all. Let me add another one. To use the keys of the kingdom. Remember when Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. Look at me, ready? Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates, that means the gates, that's where the elders would meet and and, and make plans and decisions for the city. The gates of hell, the gates of hell are making plans and decisions and schemes for you, me, our church, every church, the city, the nation, the world, right now. And he says, I give you the keys so you can bind and loose. Because I want to display my wisdom to those demonic, maniac, narcissist spirits who boast at my people that they're stronger than the church. And I want to show to them through the foolishness of the down and outers who take my keys, who's who and what's what. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Somebody say, wowee. And I know, right? I know. That's, whew. I'm a doubles hitter in, in single A ball, and that's, that's major league hitting at 500 feet, right? I know a great golf is distant, but it's not fixed. How do we get there? Well, we started last week in the gospel according to Isaiah. In Isaiah 52, God says, awake. Awake, put on your strength. What's our strength? Christ. Awake, O Zion. Zion, is. I don't have time. Last week's message, it's in there. If you want to know where Zion is, who is that? Hebrews 12, it's us. The blood-bought covenant people of God, Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. What are they? Christ. Clothe yourself with Christ. Clothe yourself with Christ. And that means that that's not his last name. That's his presence. That's his power, right? Sit down. Oh, I'm sorry. Shake yourself from the dust. Quit thinking earthly. Shake that off you and arise. Sit down where? The table of heaven. Loose yourself from the bonds on your neck. Look at me. This is the bond on my neck. Boom, boom. Right here. You know what? There are people flying around airplanes trying to pull the strongholds out of the sky. Let me tell you where the strongholds are. They're right there. Someone said, why don't you do spiritual warfare in your church? I'm doing it right now. Right now. I'm doing it right now. All that I have to do to get free from demonic strongholds is agree with the word of God. That's it. All I have to do is get an agreement with the word of God and the devil is, is, is off me. Yes. And all you have to do to get him on you and run through you is just sit, set your mind in agreement with him. Set your mind. Loose yourself 
from the bonds on your neck, O captive daughter of the covenant people of God. Come on, man. I'm talking to me. I'm just preaching to me. You just get to listen. And then he keeps going on. He says in the next verse, next thing, awake. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. Yahweh is present tense. I am the Lord your God who stirs present tense up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. And I have put my words in whose mouth? Just the preachers? I have put my words in the least of these to the greatest of these in your mouth. I am telling you how to set the heavens in place. I've put my words in your mouth. I've covered you with the shadow of my hand. Yes, he wants to protect us, but that's not what this text says. He puts the shadow of his hand. That's the shadow that Peter was healed the sick. I know. I know. We're minor league. That's major league. I know Peter had the big Jesus and we have the midget. That's a lie. Can you still use that word in 2020? I don't know. We're the little, you know, the preachers might have a little bit bigger Jesus than you. That's why 6,000 million people call the preacher to go pray for Floyd. And we don't even know Floyd. You live with him, work with him, but you don't have the big Jesus, so why would God? See, that's why we are where we are. Helped him to get back on course. Watch out for, look and say, watch out for the horse. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The horse is always there when you open up Facebook. Anyway, let's go. Pull yourself up. Oh, I jumped ahead. He's covered you with the shadow of a hand to establish the heavens. Found the earth, say to Zion, and say to the people of God, you are the people of God. Say to them, you are the, get up on a high mountain, make your feet beautiful, and tell the people of God that their God reigns. Look at your neighbor and say, we must see it to be it. Say this, we must go there to go there. Look at them and say this, if we don't go there, we go nowhere. If we don't go there, we go nowhere. Because God's somewhere might be different than the church's somewhere. God's been asking me for the last six months, are you willing to go there? And I say, where? He goes, I didn't ask you that. Are you willing to go there? And if, before you answer too quickly, take your time and answer correctly. Because there, is a deep place. And it's a place of contention and battle and division and misunderstanding and misrepresentation. But it's a place the devil fears we go. The keys only work in the hands of those who are willing to be used. The keys only work in the hands of those who are willing to be used. 
Now, I said all that to get us to the heart of this part of this thought of setting the heavens in earthly places. And I want us to focus on these two truths. Christ, our head. He's the head of his body, the church. He's the head. He knows what he wants to do. He knows where he wants to go. He wants to guide us into places. He wants to do things through us that we have no idea at times that he wants to do or the way he wants to do it. But he's our head. And here's who we are, just as real as Christ is our head. Christ, if we're believers, is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. But here is the watershed. Christ wants to be on us. You can have the Holy Spirit in you and not have the Spirit of Christ on you. That is a decision that must be made continually. Christ on me is the power. Christ in me is the hope. Christ in me is the hope of glory. Christ on me is the need for the broken, for the bound, for the unenlightened, for the misunderstood. Christ on me gives me and you the power to use the keys to set captives free. Focus. I have two questions, rhetorical in nature, to ask regarding this idea. First of all, did not the heart of heaven create through a spoken word? Right? Out of no thing came all things. And how did it happen? The Spirit of God was waiting for the Word of God to speak. And out of no thing came everything. There is not one thing that exists that didn't come from the Word of God. Not one thing. All creation, everything we see, Visible and invisible came from his spoken word from his heart. And his heart is his son in the bosom of the father. And without Jesus Christ, nothing was made that has been made. Glory to his name. But also the new creation. The new creation, you, you and I who have been born again, came from the spoken word. Now Moses said this, this. Moses said he sure did it this way. In Genesis 1, the earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and did it happen or not? Yeah. And you know what Paul said? Paul equated that to the new birth, and he said in 2 Corinthians, for God who said, light shall shine out of the darkness, is the one who shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then the brother of Jesus, who, who later, after the resurrection, called his brother his master. Funny how things change. James said it this way. In the exercise of his will, I love this, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits, that's a resurrection term, he brought us forth by the word of truth so we would be a kind of first fruits among his creation. Among the people of the dead, we are a first fruits. We have the breath of God on us. Here's another question. Did Christ not release heaven's power by his word? When Jesus of Nazareth on the earth, fully God before time, born fully God, never was less than God in deity, but relinquished his privileges as God and operated under the anointing promised to the servant's son. And in the power of the anointing, Christ, did he not release heaven's power by his word? 
Time fails me to mention all of them. Here's a few. Little girl, I say to you, arise. All right? Be of good cheer, son. Paralytic. Your sins are forgiven you. What? I'll do it in the kingdom. How can you say? Uh, what? <laughs> to prove to you, I say, pick up your mat. I say, pick up your mat and go home. Lord, my servant, my son, come and heal him. He says, unless you see, you won't believe. Go, your son will live. He leaves, takes him at his word. Sure is shooting. That's my translation. Sure is shooting. It's, we're in Western Maryland. Sure is shooting. At the very hour, at the very time that Jesus said it, it happened. Hebrew writer says it even better. He still upholds all things by the word of his power. Would you lift your hands and praise the king for a second? Let's let Jesus be at church, not just us. Lord, we just really, really honor the authority and your majesty of your spoken word. We've all been given his words. He said, I have put my word in your mouth to establish the heavens and build earth's foundation. Now, his words, it's great to have them on t-shirts. It's great to have them on bumper stickers. But you know what they can do through a person that has Christ on them at work? On campus? In the neighborhood? In the Congress? Wherever, God can create beautiful gates for crippled souls to rise and be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. The spoken words in the anointing of Christ on you and me set the heavens in earthly places. That's what I'm trying to focus on. God has an usher program. It's a Trinitarian Usher program, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, always working to bring us to these seats of blessing. Uh, I say it this way, the Trinity has and always will eulogize. How does God do this? Through the eulogy. The word blessed in Ephesians 1, blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, blessed. Think of that word for a minute. And then he says, has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Blessed be God, blessed us. The, he, the Greek word blessed comes from two Greek words, a prefix, two letters, E-U, U, E-U, and logia. Good is E-U. Logia is a form of the word word. Good words to God, who has good worded us. The way the blessings, all spiritual blessings have come, he Improper English. He has good worded us. He has good worded you. And when God created all things, he looked at it and said, that is good. That's good. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Right? That's how the Trinity works. He good words us. But here's the thing, let's, let's, not, let's not separate ourselves, 
Let's not separate ourselves from God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and those who are where? Seated with Christ. Because he said, I've put my words in your mouth to do something. When God speaks, the dead come to life. Jesus. When God speaks, the living grow into greater grace. Come on. When God speaks, the church goes into deeper dimensions of body, family, flock, bride, army, temple. When God speaks... God's voice, listen, if we want to, I'm no expert on any of this, man. I am, oh, I, I'm so not. I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm a kid under Niagara Falls with a Dixie cup trying to give you some. That's what I'm doing. I've been doing it since I've been 17 and a half years old. God's voice is more easily discovered Picture being in a picture being at a doorway. Picture picture these doorways. Now I'm breaking them apart just for just so we see it. But they're all one one door and one path. But picture picture doorway a doorway that says body of Christ, uh, family of God, flock of the shepherd, uh, temple of the Lord. Um, help me out. Bride bride army. Picture. Standing there at the door. And you say, I want to hear God. Let me tell you where God speaks. God is speaking to his church about being measured to the fullness of Christ within the doorways and pathways and corridors of those metaphors. And so if I commit my heart, Lord, here I come to do your will. In the volume of the book, it's spoken of me. I delight to do your will, oh God, your word is in my heart. What's his word? I want to make you have the confidence and boldness to know you have the keys of the kingdom in your hand. I want you to know that you are a part of me and I'm a part of you. I want you to know that you're in my family and you're my son and you're my daughter. I want you to know that you can hear my voice and I will lead you and feed you and guide you and you'll delight in what you know because at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Yeah. I want you to hear that. Where do you find it? In the corridor of the metaphors. And if we get into the corridor of these metaphors, if we get into, I can't preach all this in one, in one, this is a book. I'm giving you a book right now. It's a book. I don't have time to write it. I'm just preaching. It's a, it's a Dixie cup, the Niagara Falls. So God, give them the more. Give them. So, so, so listen, if we get after him, Jesus said, you'll find out whether this is from God or me. Do the will of God. What's the will of God? He wants us to, he wants us to mature in these things and believe these things. And it, listen, here's what he said to me. It made me want to skip, skip a rope and jump over Grand Canyon. He said, if you will put yourself in the corridor of the metaphors, what is, a st- what is a still small voice will become a trumpet sound with a certain sound. There are too many trumpets blasting. You don't know whether to march or sit. You don't know whether to dance or disco or cha-cha. You, I mean, this guy's saying that. They tossed everyone. It doesn't say everyone to false doctrine. Everyone doctrine, doctrine, blah, 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 blah. 
We're way overeducated to a level of obedience. Way. We need less. Less is more. How do we make our calling and election sure? Get in the things he's calling us to. Come into the body of Christ. Listen to the voice of the shepherd. All of it. You got it? I don't. I'm trying though. We're going to keep going. All right. Wake up, God. No, no, no. Listen. The God who watches over us never slumbers or sleeps. He says, you wake up, Tim. From age to age, I'm the same. I am alive. I am as alive and as bright. Here's what he would say. I am as alive and as vibrant today as I was when I said, let there be light. When I spoke Lazarus' name to come hopping out of the tomb. When I said to John, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, and I hold the keys of death and the grave, and I am the living one. That is who is talking to you today in the Holy Spirit. And he wants to set our minds so we can see where we sit in high places in order that we can be who he wants us to be. And this has a lot to do with our attitude and our altitude mindset in order to have a renewed mind and be about renewing the world. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says, now listen, he's transitioned. He's going, he's getting ready to talk about the bride. He's already unfolded the metaphors of the body, the temple, the family, he's tra- and, and the flock. Now he's, he, now, he's, now he's going another place. And he, and he stops again. Paul stops again. you got to get this. He prayed twice already. And now he says again, he goes, now listen, you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's talking to people who have the Holy Spirit. He's talking to me, seated at Christ, Dixie Cup man. He's talking to you. And so is the devil. And so because of that and because of our old broken stuff and what we pick up all along the way like a snowball going down the hill, I have, you have. Do you, are you still bugged by something some booger-nosed kid told you when he was five years old and you were seven? Well, six and eight. Me? I am. What? What? Be renewed in the spirit of your what? Mind. A renewed mind shows up in the theme of my heart. I show you the theme of my heart by the things that come out of my mouth. The theme, the residential theme, what's usually there on a more than regular basis is the theme of my heart. And so God wants the theme of my heart to be described sort of like this, David in Psalm 45. And when we get into the bride, I'm going to preach on this passage. I love this. One of my favorite, favorite passages in the whole Bible where David sees the Messiah and he says, my heart, what's it say? With what? Everybody's heart overflows. That's why, that's why I didn't read the rest. Right? My heart overflows all the time. But how about with this? Read it out loud with me, would you? My heart overflows with a good theme. Well, what's a good theme, Lord? I address my verses to the... My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Has anybody ever written a worship song better than David? Please tell me. I don't know if he was Aussie or not. You get me. 
My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. He's talking about Jesus. Isn't this Jesus? Jesus, this is you. You are fairer than the sons of men. Hey, did you hear this guy? Do you hear Pastor this? Do you hear Bishop Joe? Blah, 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 blah. Guess what? As great as, I, as great as whoever is, you are fairer than the sons of men. Why? Because grace is poured upon your lips. Jesus doesn't beat his bride with his words. Come on now. What's on his lips? How do you know if it's God talking to you or not? Wait a second. Was that empowering grace? God has blessed you forever, Jesus. Hey, did the Father put any good words on Jesus? Did the Father put any good words on him before he clothed himself in flesh, Jesus of Nazareth, through Isaiah, through the psalmists? Did he put any good words on him when he came up out of the Jordan? Hmm? Did he put any good words up on him when he raised him up out of Joseph of Arimathea's tomb and set him in front of him, called him God, and said he'd, that Jesus would fold up all the universe like a garment? And guess what? When we are in Christ, they're the only tone of words he speaks on us. To the praise of your glorious grace, Lord. So, setting heavens in place has a lot to do with attitude. The theme of my heart shows the attitude of my life. So look what Paul says back in Ephesians. Again, he's getting ready to dress the bride. And he says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your How about 30 people say it? Mouth. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. I know. I need to have an altar call for me right now because I'm like, yeah. But only such a word as is, what's that word? Good. Good. Only, Only eulogies. Only eulogies. Isn't it amazing? How, don't, you know what, when I go to funerals, I, I get sad because I get hit with the reality of how short life is, but there are many times that I'll walk out of a funeral feeling like, man, I want to go out and live this thing right because of hearing the eulogy said about the person that died. Have you ever been there? And you always wonder, I, I hope they heard that before they died. Are you with me? Eulogies we think of a funeral. God walks into the dead of the world and brings him back to life. And that's what he wants us to do. Let no unwholesome word proceed, but only the eulogies for what edification? There's that metaphor of temple and body. According to what? The need of the moment. Oh, man. Okay. Because listen, when, look, if we're Christians, we are. If we have the Holy Spirit in us, and we do for Christians, and we know the Bible, backwards, forwards, and inside out, we can quote the message in the New King James, the Old King James, the Next King James, all that. We can, we've got it all. We've got it all. But in the need of the moment, you have to have an intimate walk with the author. In that moment, because the author knows what you don't know, he knows what the person connected to you and him need. And instead of just giving them a cliche or a bumper sticker or a 
whatever, in the moment with Christ on you, you speak that now word and it edifies that person. And when it happens, God gives grace to those who hear it. Do you see that? There's a lot of exciting things to be studying in the Bible right now. Even more exciting than whether Bill Gates is the Antichrist. Just saying. I'm just saying. I know the, I know the rapture bus is Thursday, even though we've never come close to a f- fulfilling Ephesians 4 yet. And it says in there that God is committed until we do. So when did the Antichrist jump in front of that? I just want to ask you that question. But let's move on. Some of you are looking at me like the dog when I gave him a new bowl with his food and he's like, not sure on that one. (laughs) Not sure. You're in the Bible, man. You're not on YouTube now. You're in the Bible. Yeah, I know. I know. I know, right? Notice the connection between the kind of words we speak and the emotional response of the Holy Spirit. How many of you are with me and I didn't lose you on the Bill Gates? Huh? I don't, I'm only saying it because I've, I've had 100 million thousand things sent to Anyway. Poor, can you imagine if you're, if you're not that guy? If that, you're like, God, what church could I go to? I walk in there and say, get out of here! Sometimes I wonder, is there any limitation to our stupidity? Is there any? (laughs) And I'm in the front of the parade. But is there any limitation? Notice the connection of the emotional... Are you still with me? Notice the connection. She's not walking out because of that. She's a really good friend of mine. Carrie and I, we're right on the same page. She's a PK. She knows what I'm talking about. Just, you never know. Oh, my God. See that girl got walking like that? I bet she works for Microsoft. Anyway. Uh, As I was, well, the horse. Sorry, I got on the horse. Whoa, mule. Whoa. All right. Hop down. Hey, you try it. Notice the connection between the kind of words we speak out of our mouth and the emotional response of the Holy Spirit. When we speak those kind of words that edify and when we don't. If we speak unwholesome words, look, Paul connects it. Don't grieve. Do you see it? See the connection? The grieving of the Holy Spirit has a lot to do with the words that those who are the temple of the Holy Spirit speak. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then he goes on and says, do not get drunk with wine, for that's dissipation. Now notice the connection between the the joy of the Holy Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. How do you do that? Oh, it's about this. Speaking to yourself. I'm just going to throw this a little bit in here. Inside baseball. People who want to be overflowing 
filled with the Spirit and speak in a heavenly language. Listen, it will only happen to you, friend, if you open your mouth. If you don't open your mouth, you'll never speak in tongues. Think, it, think that through a minute. Doesn't it make sense? Einstein didn't even have to tell you that. If you just, from now to the kingdom comes and stand like this, when Jesus comes back, you're going to stand like this. Saved and he loves you, he's going to kiss you all over. He's going to say, you just need to open your mouth. Speaking to yourselves or one another in what? Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart, just like David did to the Lord. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that means to me? That means, again, just like you're looking for the person in the need of the moment, you're in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we ask some crazy thing to God and say in Jesus' name, and we think we have a promise from John chapter 14, 15, and 16, that's not what it means. It means that even if you have a, 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 a thing in you like, like Jacob, but you're dressed in Esau's clothes, and, 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 I, and, and, and your dad, and your dad, hmm, loves the smell of Esau's clothes, he'll grant you your request. So when we come in the clothes of Jesus, not that we're faking the clothes, but that we are in the manifestation of the character of Christ and we come in, you don't even have to put in Jesus' name at the end of your prayer request because you're coming in Jesus' name. Do you get that? Same way with our voices, our words. In the fear of the anointing, in the fear of the anointing being grieved in our church, in the fear of God saying, I can't come back for a few weeks because their attitudes are breaking my heart. Do, do, do you see? How do we go on from this? How do I just jump to the next? Right? Look at that. Look at the connection of the, the Holy Spirit so longs to rest on the body of Jesus, which is us, so the Father can say, be blessed. Go into the synagogues and take your keys and speak my words out of your mouth and the anointing of God will intensify in your family, in your church, in your life. Let's keep going. Ay, 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 I thought I'd make it. Food for my thoughts. Food for my thoughts. Quickly, we're going to come back to these. Food for my thoughts. See myself to be my heavenly self. This is how I need to think. My thoughts. Seeds. Food for me. See myself to be my heavenly self. Second, filter my monologues you can screenshot it if you want it. Filter my monologues and dialogues. I talk to myself and others talk to me in here. Free yourself from the bonds on your neck. Boom, boom, boom. Focus my heart theme. Now, you know as well as I do, and then we can get into legalism on what you should listen to. We can go down all these roads. The bottom line is, here's the goal. Check the theme of my heart. Check the theme of my heart. I can say a bunch of stuff, but what's going on right in here? What's, what's the thematic? What's, what's, what's there? What's, what's, what's going on? 
Fear, the, I left a word out in this, fear the, devast, fear the devastations of bad words. Fear, no, I'm sorry, fear the devastations that bad words can bring. And, and I'm not talking about cuss words, although I'm not, I'm not giving you, I'm not saying it's good to say cuss words, but you know what I've found out? I can never say a cuss word and still talk like the devil. I can talk to myself without using a cuss word at myself and still talk like the devil to myself, to my family. I can be in a leadership meeting and never say a cuss word or say that idea is full and just say something with a tone that might be truthful, but in tone, ain't Jesus. I can do that at the checkout counter, forgetting I have a Shine Kids t-shirt on. on social media, and not even cuss. I can say something from God's word in the flesh and the devil being glad I said it. Lisa Bevere said something the other day that really got me thinking. She said this, has the church been guilty many times in preaching the truth without love so that the world has needed to respond by embracing love without truth? I'll ask it again because it's got a hold of me. Has the church, the answer is yes, by the way. Has the church been guilty many times in preaching the truth without love so that the world has responded by embracing love without truth? Now, to balance that with that said, Muhammad Atta, one of the 9-11 hijackers, said to the people in the plane, the same thing Satan says to those who have not accepted Jesus Christ. Stay on your seats. We are returning to the airport. Stay like you are and everything will be okay. You will arrive in a better place when you die. Just stay the way you are. God loves you just the way you are. Even though you have rebellion in your heart and have never been washed in the blood? But it's the way we say it. And it's why we say it. And why we feel the need to set a certain segment of society in the truth, bless God. I don't necessarily want an amen from the choir. I want an amen from the angelic host. Repeat this with me. See myself to be my heavenly self. Filter my monologues and my dialogues. Focus my heart theme. Fear the devastations that bad words can breed. I think they're all on the Uversion app. I got to close. One more thing I want to say. Food for our body, this church. Dustin, I, don't need, I didn't get to come the other night, but I heard it was fantastic. And talking about the climate of acceptance, this is what we mean. Our words create the climate. Here, our words. Our words create the catalyst for everyone to go for it. We want you to go for it. Everything we're talking about here, we want you to go for it. Our words create the confidence for all of us to put on the garments Christ in us, Christ on us. 
So we have to see ourselves to be ourselves. Dialogue on the inside is so important. I pray this over myself. I say these things over myself. I've been in Ephesians 1 for the last probably eight months every morning to the point that I could say the whole chapter without looking at the page. Just because, that's not a, I need to, not that I want to boast about it, I need to. Here's the last thing. David prayed this. Let the words of, you you can stand. Let the words of my mouth. We're going to pray. Let the words, huh? Did you pray this? Let the words, Lord. Now, do you see the context of this? Why? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The input creates the theme of my heart. The words that I allow in invade the corridors of what I'm listening to and out of the abundance of what I'm listening to becomes the treasure in my heart and my theme. And the Lord says to each one of us, awake, for I am the Lord your God. I've stirred up the sea. I stir up the sea. I've put my words in your mouth and have covered you with the shadow of my hand, every single one of you, to establish the heavens and found the earth and say to the people of God, you are my people. Pull yourself up. Pull yourself up. Arise. Let the words of your mouth and the meditation in your heart be acceptable in my sight, says the Lord your rock and your redeemer. Would you lift your heart to him? Lord, we worship you right now. Lord, we just humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that you can exalt us in the times in which we live. Lord, the days are evil. The the country, the people, God, yesterday, all day long, I just, my heart, I prayed, nobody, Lord, needs this more than me. No one, no one needs to say more than me. Make me a 912 American, not a 911, a 912 American. Lord, it's me. I can't point at a president or a former president or I can't point at people. I don't, Lord, Help me, help me, please help me, help me so that I will be able to, if need be, interpret the dream of Nebuchadnezzar for him. That I will have such a good spirit in the places of my waiting, the land of my affliction, that I have such a good spirit blessing the needs of others that it will be known of me where I'll be called onto a platform somewhere, someplace, whether it's known or not. To be able to have what's needed because they will know that there is somebody that has the Spirit of God in them. Lord, may that be the way your church becomes. Each and every one of us, I ask you what I'm asking God to do in my life. I failed today when I'm preaching this. And I'll fail tomorrow. And I'll fail the next day. But here's where I'm going with everything in me. Lord, by your grace, make it so that I live my life in the fear of the anointing of God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Please, Father, release to us in this room right now a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened and know the hope to which you've called us, 
the glorious riches that are ours in Christ and the great power available to us who believe. I want us to, listen man, my dear, dear friend, whoever you are, if you're in this room, if you're not and you're listening, don't listen to the lie of the destroyer who is telling you to be quiet, stay in your seat, we're turning around, we're in control, and we're going to take you back to the airport. That's not where he's taking you. He's taking you to crash and to burn. Turn around. Don't listen to that voice and listen to this voice. Come unto me, Jesus said, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And as Simon Peter said, save yourself from this perverted generation. And salvation under heaven is in no name except one, the name of Jesus Christ. And in his name, you must be saved. You must, you must, you must be saved. You must. And you just call on his name with all your heart and he'll save you faster than you can blink your eyes, Jesus. And I pray that the glory of your, of your kingdom would fall on us today. The crown of your garment, Lord, would fall on us today. And I'm going to get out of the way so you can meet with us here. Meet with us now in Jesus' name.